It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah, so that. nice. Thank you. And a, yes. a special little hand to technology because yes. we, we had uh, an issue or two and we're, we're okay now. We're all back and we've got a great show lined up for you guys. Yes, we um, do. And uh, let's just get right into it because there What's is- What's the title of today's show? The title of today's show is Everything You Want is on the Other Side of Fear. Wow. Yes, and um, I, I, I know it may not sound like it pertains to dating, but uh, it really does because even though we are a show about dating, we're ultimately a show about how to find love and uh, which you cannot do if you're not healthy, mind, body, and soul. So while we're helping you become success, successful daters, we're also helping you become happier people which will make you better daters. See how that works? Like to be a better dater. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be a better dater anymore. I don't. Do just that. be a better. No, just be, <laughs> be a better, better husband. husband. <laughs> just be a great husband. I'm trying. So, uh, so in a way, we and done being single, I see as a gateway drug to self improvement. Mm. Because it, so. see how we're doing that. Yes. We're doing it. We're kind of sneaking it in. Uh, we're sneaking in that, that self-help, self-improvement wow. because, uh, you, you know, people don't understand that they go hand in hand. You kind of like the Sherman brothers, a little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yeah, exactly. Okay. For people who have no patience for self-help, self-improvement, personal growth, here's how you can, here's how you can get it. You can get it all through us at done being single. So, um, we are, with that said, and I just want to say, just for the record here, although I think, Lovey, you know that if I hadn't done the necessary work, which is under the umbrella of self-improvement and personal growth, I probably would have never met you. Well, thank you for that. So I do credit my commitment to self-improvement with a lot of major shifts in my life and you being one of them. It's a process. It's a journey. Well, yes. It's not a destination. And you got it. You have to want it and you have to want to be better and you have to be willing to take it on. And I'm just, uh, I'm all about that. I want to be, you know, as good a person, human being, writer, blogger, fitness person, wife, friend, uh, you know, it's, it's in sort of in my DNA, but it's not for everybody, you know, not some people, they don't care. Oh, okay. Okay. But, um, and I, I also want to say, because I'm a late bloomer and I think that, um, maybe you share in this with me cause you're also a late bloomer. Hmm. Maybe, maybe you're not a late bloomer. Do you think of yourself as a late bloomer? Uh, I didn't before I met you. And then I realized that uh, I guess late bloomers uh, exist, and uh, I guess I fall into that category. I, I I do. I totally relate to a slower my slower journey, which is fine. I mean, there's no judgment here, but because 
I am a late bloomer. I feel oftentimes that I have to make up for lost time. So that's why I'm such a freak for self-improvement. Okay, so let's talk about uh, fear because I think fear has been uh, something that uh, uh, we all have the, uh, we're all fearful of feeling. And uh, if everything we want is on the other side of fear, how do we approach our lives? How do we, how do we live without being fearful? Uh, you know, again, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a process. And um, let's, first of all, I wanted to talk about the inspiration for this show because it came from you originally. Robbie had given me a birthday card um, that said on the cover, everything you want is on the other side of fear. And I've had it tacked up on my bulletin board ever since. And it's been there for about two plus years. And I, I thought it was an interesting choice for a birthday card because it's not Hallmark at all. And um, what you said on the inside is lovely and heartfelt. Um, it's, it's important um, to me, for me to have it up there because you see something in me that maybe I don't see in myself that fear is holding me back from things. And um, I know, and by having it on the bulletin board, I get to see it every day and I look at it many times a day to remind me that the only thing stopping me from um, achieving things, accomplishing things, or just overall greatness is fear. I, uh, I, I tend to agree and I've, I have witnessed that. And, uh, you know, I think it's something that uh, we uh, can hold us all back. And it's not just in relationships, it's in work. It's um, how we deal with uh, many different situations. Uh, we are fearful of progressing. We're fearful of being successful. Uh, we are fearful uh, and, when, and so much of what we're talking about uh, is going to apply to our guests, of course, uh, Gay and Katie Hendricks, who are going to be in the, in the next segment, uh, and upper, li upper limit symptoms and things that uh, we find that hold ourselves back from succeeding in areas when we are having success in other areas. And why are we not able to have success in all areas? And that's really uh, so much of what I got out of um, out of this last book that uh, you turned me on to, honey. And so, yeah, uh, I would say that um, in my just in talking to people and uh, being sort of a dating expert, uh, I can tell you that our listeners that you are not alone. That if you have uh, what what the Hendricks calls um, limiting thoughts and upper limit problems, which we're going to get into. Um, it's normal, it's human, uh, but it is definitely um, self-sabotage and, un and, and undermining. And I know because I did it. I, I was that. And, um, and I, again, I go back to being a late bloomer and being able to have some uh, looking back and, and, recognizing that I probably sabotaged a ton of situations, relationships, romantic and professional. And I, I think that it's, it's a major obstacle. Putting up your own obstacles is a, uh, wow. It's, um, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
well, self-defeating for sure. Uh, and, and, and if you can find the tools and the power and the strength to get past it, you are opening yourself up for incredible experiences and incredible fulfillment. But again, but people don't know how to get there. They don't know that they don't have the tools and they don't, they don't know the way. And so much of what uh, Gay and Katie write about is uh, resolutions to these issues and how people uh, possess 100% of themselves and each person has 100% of themselves. And so when you have a conflict and you're trying to find a resolution, Oh, well, Gay and Katie, we'll, we'll get into that, but that's something that is really wonderful. I mean, don't we both know people that that self-sabotage their oh. relationships? Or how about dating down? Okay. How about it? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I see that so much. Um, my girlfriends, they, they settle because they're of a certain age and they're looking for, they, they don't want to be alone. Um, even guys, you know, it's not just a female thing. People don't like being alone with themselves. That's that's the first problem. Um, but uh, sabotaging, thinking that you're not capable or you're not worthy of a great guy or a great girl is sad. And um, again, not necessary. And I, we've all done it. I don't know. Maybe you have. Have you? Probably. And I think, uh, you know, I probably continue to do it in ways that I want to improve upon. How about, how about, did you, have you ever had a relationship where you felt like you didn't want to fuck it up so bad that you ended up fucking it up? No. (laughs) Sorry. But I think that there have been uh, other situations uh, and it can be as uh, simplistic as, you know, sports people, uh, you know, that are on top of the world and are doing everything great. And then all of a sudden they make a bonehead error, an unforced error that they lose the game. You they haven't gotten game. one little bit of performance anxiety in your life? Performance anxiety? Just the other night with you? No, I'm kidding. That, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, that. Um, and I say performance anxiety, no. not specific, not in the sack type, but mm-hmm. in life type. Because that's what you're talking about. If you're talking about sports, I mean, come on, sports, dating. Yes, I think it's that, all performance. It, it, it is performance based, and uh, without any performance enhancing things, uh, it, it can happen. Okay, and I, I think that we, as human beings, it, I think it's a natural thing to sometimes find yourself out of your comfort element, and then you're punting a little bit. And sometimes that could work, and sometimes it may not work for you. So um, what Gay and Katie, I think, are going to talk about, hopefully, is uh, how we can overcome these things. I wish I had Gay and Katie um, like 30 years ago, <laughs> but I wasn't on that trip. I'm glad you didn't. I wasn't because on that maybe trip. maybe we wouldn't be here together. Right I, I can only take it, yeah, I could just, you know, take it from, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's like, uh, I, I did not meet you one minute before I met you. Does that make sense? Um, and so somewhere. you learn when you learn. You get it when you get it. And and some people get it a little later in life. Yes. Like me. So. And we're still learning and we hope to continue this because yes, I, I, I love this journey with you. This is a, it's a beautiful journey. 
I love you so love much. You, and thank yes. you for taking this journey with me. Sometimes I, you know, get a little frustrated with you because you're not like, come on, like get. Mm. Well, with some of the metaphysical things that you are on your path on. Um, Plus I'm a I'm, trainer, yes, you know, I'm okay. all about self-improvement. I'm all mm-hmm. about. And I'm the worst client she's self- ever had. You for sure. Oh my God. I'm all about self-empowerment. I do it for a living. I'm totally immersed in that world. And I, you know, I'm sorry if I sort of impose it upon you. Sometimes. No, you're not sorry. You, you, you enjoy it. And uh, unfortunately, I'm... But thanks for coming with me on this Okay. Journey. That's all you're I'm welcome. saying. Okay. So enjoy the ride. I am enjoying the ride. Because you're uh, in for the next however many years. Right. We are on the road. We are on that road together. And there's no turning back now. Sorry. So we are going to go to a break. Tell us who's coming on. Gay and Katie Just, Hendricks. So let's, um, we'll, we'll continue. We'll, we'll pick up after the break. Yes. And then we are going in, people. So All right. assume the position and prepare for impact. Okay, we'll be right back. Now, back to Dunn being single with dating badasses, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, so we are going to introduce our guests today. And we're so happy to have them, Gay and Kathleen Hendricks. Let me tell you about them. They are pioneers in the fields of body intelligence and relationship transformation for more than 40 years. They know their stuff, people. They've mastered ways to translate powerful concepts and life skills into experiential processes, processes where people can discover their own body intelligence and easily integrate life-changing skills. Katie and Gay have empowered hundreds of coaches around the world to add a body intelligence perspective to enhance fields from medicine to sports, psychology, education, and personal growth. Together and simply, they have authored more than 40 books including such bestsellers as Conscious Loving, The Big Leap, and Conscious Loving Ever After, How to Create Thriving Relationships at Midlife and Beyond. They've appeared on more than 500 television and radio programs, including Oprah, 48 Hours, and others. And done being single. And on ours, okay? The biggest, they're, they're big, it's big time <laughs> it's now. Their big, they big got their, fine, their big break. This is their finest hour. Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> they can be found, and we will repeat this later at um, www.hendrix.com. Com. How do you spell that? H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S dot com. So welcome. Gay and, and Katie. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Great conversation that we've been hearing so far. So I'm glad we can contribute to it. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, you guys have, uh, your, your, your body of work is so impressive and you've written so many books. Um, but as I had mentioned for the sake of this episode, we're going to focus on the big leap, conquer your hidden fear and take life to the next level because I think it has so much relevant relevance to dating and finding love and not putting limits on what you can achieve. So, Wonderful. You know, I was, um, <clears throat> I was just thinking as you were talking that, the the big possibility of being in relationship is being able to be fully yourself while being in the presence of somebody else and that exchange of being together and intimacy and discovery is really i think one of the most magical experiences that's available to humans back uh, 30 years ago when we were first coming on these ideas we first noticed that this was before we wrote our book, Conscious Loving, we had discovered that we kept hitting upper limits 
but we didn't realize at the time what was driving those upper limits. Mm. And it wasn't until later, which I wrote a lot about in The Big Leap, where I really began to figure out what those things were that kept making those upper limits happen over and over. And they were all having to do with fear. So I love the title of your show today about everything you want is on the other side of fear. But one thing that we need to pay attention to and everyone does on a personal growth path is that to deal with fear, you need to go down and in and through it rather than trying to skate over it or picture a positive outcome on the other side of it. But you need to, it's just like going down a water slide. That was scary the first time I did it. But then it becomes a more easeful thing to do, especially once you develop some body intelligence and begin to know how to breathe with your fear and open up to your fear and speak about your fear. It becomes much easier then to deal with. And one of the things we've developed uh, that is post uh, Big Leap is a way to turn fear into flow in the moment so that you're not stuck in the middle of fear because one of the biggest problems when if if I'm in fear then my partner looks like an enemy and that happens in the part of our brain our kind of uh, Godzilla reptilian brain that you can't talk yourself out of I don't know if you've ever had the experience where someone says oh don't be scared just relax there's nothing to be scared of and we found that that never works but we've developed a series of very simple movements we call fear melters that can allow people to experience a moment of opening of feeling in flow and in touch with themselves and present with themselves and in that moment you have the opportunity to explore your fear turn your fear into flow so that you can see your partner and yourself as an ally rather than an rather than as an improvement project so those fear melters, people can find, if you go to YouTube and you just type in fear melters, you'll find an animation and a number of videos that really explore fear melters. So that's a resource that people can use as they're exploring this really important subject. I can't wait to go to YouTube and look at this. I'm not going to do it right now, of course, but uh, that is just gospel to us is, is how can we control fear and get ahead of it and turn it into a flow. That's a, a it's a beautiful process. And I think that uh, Trevor and I have, uh, we've been dealing with things and I, you know, fear can be worry. And was it Roosevelt that said there's nothing to fear, but fear itself. But I think what Gay you just said is that you kind of have to experience fear at least a little bit in order for you to be able to properly deal with it. And yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm going to just jump in here and talk, ask you about, and have you describe the ultimate limit, ultimate limit problems of limiting upper ultimate, limit. the upper limit problem, upper, upper yeah. limit. Pro- yes. Because I think Res Robbie is saying um, it ties into fear a lot. Yes. And I know yes. that my, I know that mine is my ULP is worry for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, the upper limit problem is the tendency to sabotage yourself when things begin to go better. And what that's based on is that there's a limiting belief somewhere that says 
that you can't do whatever you want to do. And so uh, I had to face that and Katie had to face it and everybody in a personal growth path has to face it. And, and that is where your, your negative thinking has built a prison around you so that the only way out of the prison is to just have a single thought that is positive about the limitation. So in other words, if your limitation has been, I can't ever seem to lose weight, or I can't ever have the body I want, or I can't ever be in love, whatever the I can't is in your stack there, and we've all got a stack, that's a human thing to have a stack of limiting beliefs. And so what we all have to do is begin to put attention on them and begin to spotlight them like you would shine a flashlight on something that you got scared of in the dark. You shine a flashlight on it and suddenly you realize what it is. But down underneath much of our fear is a fear that we're fundamentally wrong or fundamentally bad or fundamentally not deserving of love, a deep fear of unworthiness. And so we found that in our early days, we found that a lot of our arguments and upper limit problems were because we both had fears within us that we had never acknowledged before. And so we came to believe that one of the main functions of an intimate relationship is to bring those fears to the surface so that you can get through them and be mm -hmm. ultimately in union with the other person. And in union with yourself because the, the fear keeps you from, from actually experiencing what we call your essence, who you are at your core. And that's what we are really in the process of opening up to in all of our work is revealing essence. Who are you really? And who are you underneath all of the roles that you learned in life in order to deal with that upper limit, that imaginary fear that you're not enough? Or I find also with our students and clients that a, an equally big fear is the fear of being too much that if I really showed up as I am, I'm just going to just be too much and I'll be rejected. So the, there are lots of fears that people have, but what they all do to your body is close you. There's a, a way of kind of going back into our own personal caves in fear that keeps us disconnected. And that, that deep disconnection is the source of so much discomfort and, and misery on the planet, on the other side of fear is that sense of being deeply at home in yourself and able to open up because the whole process of growing is opening up and turning toward, opening up to what's going on in you, opening up to want, wants to be expressed, opening up to what you want because we often put fear in front of us, like I have to solve this problem before I can have what I want. But we find if you really open up to what is it that I most deeply want, and you start putting your attention toward that, then the fears that come up can be handled as little speed bumps on the way to you really having what you most want in life, which creates so much joy for you, but also for everybody else in your life. Would you say that, um, because I, as I was reading the book, and I've kind of felt this all along, that self-worth has everything to do with everything? 
particularly upper limit problems as it pertains to dating and love or lack of self-worth? I I really came to that conclusion. Well, when I first wrote my book, Learning to Love Yourself, was actually the first year that I met Katie. And so it goes back now almost the, the length of our relationship now, which we're in our 39th year together. And so when we first met, we decided to kind of use our relationship as a test ground for some new ideas like I was beginning to realize that a lot of my problems in relationship came from not being able to recognize my feelings and not being able to tell the truth about my feelings. And it was very difficult for me to learn early on because I'd kind of grown up in the John Wayne tough guy era. It was very hard for me to say to Katie, I feel sad right now, or that hurt my feelings, Mm -hmm. or or I feel scared. That was the hardest one of all. Because once I learned how to say something articulate about my fear, my world changed in a way. Because like in the early days, I would, I, we both were very critical of each other when we first got together. Both came from very critical families. And we had a bad habit of criticizing each other. But on one magic day, I realized I was criticizing Katie. And I realized down inside, I was feeling scared. You would think criticism would be about irritation or anger, but I realized that underneath when this was being driven by fear, and what was the fear about? And so I just blurted that out to Katie. I said, I just realized that that I'm here criticizing you, but what I am is really scared. What am I scared about? And I was just saying this out loud. And so we both stood there and I realized I was afraid I was going to lose you. I was afraid I was going to lose Katie and that I had to criticize her to keep her at a distance so I didn't get that fear triggered. Boy, it was that a huge day because I realized mm. it didn't have anything to do with her. You know, right. <laughs> it was just a fear of mine about how willing am I to be close to another mm. human being. Oh. And so once I moved through that, things became so much easier. Was there also a, a point where opening yourself up and being honest, did you feel that was a weakening of you in, in her eyes at all? Did you, or, or in your own eyes in order to present that to her, which actually in turn made you stronger, I feel. Uh, yeah. Well, that's exactly the paradox. When I was growing up, I was taught that fear was a sign of weakness and crying was something a little boy mm. should never do if you didn't want to avoid getting beating, beaten up in my neighborhood. And so um, I think a lot of us were, ter- you know, trained very specifically to uh, hold away those kind of feelings. And yet those are the very feelings that we need to get conversant with inside ourselves. And so one of the main uh, paradigms of our work is to make fear your friend, Mm -hmm. make friends with your fear, because it's been here longer than you have. (laughs) If you look back over evolution, it's in other organisms millions of years old. And so it's something to learn from. It's a form Mm -hmm. of information. And if you tune out that emotional information, you're missing out on a good bit of life itself. Also, I can still remember to this day that interaction that Gay was just describing where he shared with me that he felt scared and he felt scared of of, uh, losing me. And I was actually a turning point in our relationship because I I felt then connected to him at a level I had not ever experienced and that my feelingfulness, which I came in in with, was that was welcome and could be brought into the relationship rather than when I when I didn't express my feelings, they would come out 
non-verbally in ways that I would sabotage or I would look at Gay in a way that he would perceive as criticizing. But when we actually were able to share with each other the truth of what we were experiencing in the moment, whoa, that opened up the super highway of our creating and co-creating and enjoying each other and feeling that we were on the same team rather than, you know, in a boxing match, which I think so many people in their relationships feel that there's a kind of us versus them. It's me versus you rather than, than both of us being connected and moving in the same direction. And the fears that come up, we want to just mention the primary fears that we've seen when people are getting into a relationship, many people have a fear of getting close to another because some they'll be overwhelmed or they won't be liked, they'll be rejected. And a whole other group of people have a fear of getting separate and experiencing themselves as an individual that they're afraid they'll be abandoned or they'll, they'll outgrow their partner. The, and the fear of being criticized, I think, is, a, is one that, that most people experience, the, the fear that they actually are not enough. And their partner, when they criticize them, that's what they hear, is I'm not enough. This, but one of the biggest fears we find is the fear of outshining, that if uh, I really am my most expansive self, it's going to kind of upset the balance or there won't be enough for my partner. We have this sense of scarcity that there's only so much love or only so much recognition or attention that we, that we forget that attention and love are really unlimited and that when we move through our fear, we get to experience that nutrient of love and of attention directly. And that really fills our reservoirs that fear drains. Okay, so this is, uh, you're touching on so many incredible topics that Treva and I are dealing with daily. I, and, I wish and, there was we have, video. But we are going to, yeah, she you, she's you, pointing you, at me, I'm pointing at her, what, and she's going were, and making faces. You can and, see what, what we look so, like right now. But we're, we we're going to go to a break because we have to, and then we're going to come back and tackle these incredible topics with Gay and Katie Hendricks. So we'll be right back. Thanks, guys. Now, back to done being single with dating badasses, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, we are back with Gay and Katie Hendricks. And uh, that last segment, we are still uh, a little blown away by because uh, that. Yeah, you're, you're, hitting, you're hitting tons of nails on a the lot head. Of things and and for I us. wish there was video because if you could see Robbie and I, we're pointing, <laughs> we're, we're raising it's, eyebrows. It's you, it's we're, you, it's me. It's we're you. rolling our eyes at yeah, each other. Yeah, we're talking about you here. You know, there is, um, oh. since we're, we're all friends here. Um, and we're know, only, it, we're only married for four years. So um, we're still learning a lot about each other. Yeah. So uh, you're, you're really getting into some of the stuff that we're dealing with here because um, we, as people, two people that got married later in life, we come to the table, we come to this marriage with all kinds of, kind of old you dogs. know, old habits, yes. old patterns. Uh, we, and our um, families have, you know, yeah, you, you know, you're talking to two people us. that are fiercely independent that lived alone on their own for 50 plus years. And, and now we're, we're learning how to be a couple and learning how to be a partnership. And there is criticism there. There's my way or the highway. There's like, I know how to do it better, but you forgot that I lived alone for, you know, I'm doing just fine on my own. And then we get into it. And I think a lot of, um, 
I'm just going to add my own layer to this to the criticism oh, I conversation. Wait. I think um, critic, criticism has a lot to do with control, also, and and losing the, the fear of losing control. And I think also mm. there, you know, people tend to get a little critical with that. Um, so. All anyway, right. gang, Katie, you're the third heads on the pillow here with us. I, I wanted to the address third something. Fourth heads on the pillow. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, so move over. It's crowded and, in here. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little crowded, and and and, and Trevor has sweats, night, night sweats. Oh, so, right. so uh, one of the things you mentioned though is outshining. I just in there, bud. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. Okay. So, so we're all uh, being real here. Yes, we are. Uh, well. I'm going to just jump right in because what was occurring to me as you were speaking is that we went cold turkey with criticism. <clears throat> Many people don't know that blame and criticism are the number one relationship killers. And we found that we the, the most important thing we did earlier in our relationship was to make a commitment to end criticizing, that we were just going to stop doing that. And we committed and then we needed to recommit to that lots of times. I mean, really probably hundreds of times. And what we found was a really great, what scientists call pattern interrupt, was to shift into genuine appreciation in that moment. Because the science is really clear that thriving relationships <clears throat> have at least a, a ratio of at least five to one appreciations to criticisms. So we just started employing that in our own relationship with each other and with ourselves that when we felt ourselves starting to slip into criticism, we would immediately shift into what can I appreciate right now about myself or, the, or each other or the world? Okay, so taking that one step further, what? how do you counsel or guide people that suffer from self-criticism and the problem of not good enough, that no one's good enough, mm. because I think that is a projection of I'm not good enough, and they project yeah. that onto other people that they're not good enough. Yes. Well, like we talk about in Learning to Love Yourself, that underneath that problem of not loving ourselves are all sorts of different like there's a symphony of feeling playing underneath a feeling of negative self-worth. There's a sense of despair and hopelessness that I'm never going to get out of this. There's a sense of, of fear that I'm never going to express my full potential. So there's all sorts of things that are kind of bubbling under the surface. And so sometimes you need to, if you're having problems with relationship, you need to first go inside and say, what is my relationship with myself? Am I treating myself like the lover I want to treat me? And so once you begin to love and honor yourself the same way you want a beloved to love and honor you, then that person can move one step closer to you. Because otherwise, you're putting up a barrier saying, come close, but don't love me. And nobody wants that kind of deal. <laughs> right. What if what if someone grew up um, with pain and suffering and and you know learned low self worth and learned lowest low self esteem? How do you how do you counsel them? How do what do you tell someone like that that feels like they're not worthy of a great guy mm. or a girl or a healthy relationship? And that's and they grew up with what they saw. Sure, sure. 
Yeah, and there grew up with a lot of reinforcement with that. Well, I was just thinking about my mother's experience who grew up with a with a mother, my grandmother, who didn't want her to um, get a big head or be conceited, and so she never appreciated her. And and it created a, a lifelong problem for my mother because she never felt like she was worthy. And uh, And so I think it's a central issue for people, and the first thing would be to love yourself for feeling unworthy. I think part of the, the brilliance of what Gay came up with in learning to love yourself is that love is bigger than anything else. You can love yourself for not being able to love yourself. So that that just that moment of I'm willing to love myself for finding it so difficult right now or for feeling like I'm never going to get out of this pit and that that moment of love begins to shift the experience. It's not like you dunk yourself and that's it. There's a constant redunking in the pool of love and letting yourself absorb it a little bit at a time that begins to shift you over time. It's a practice. Yeah, the, the fear of failure uh, is a theme that has uh, run through me. I'll, I can be honest here, since you're the third and fourth heads on the pillow. Um, I... Um, I think fear of failure is is such it's self sabotage, and I know that um, even in my own even now present day um, I have to work against it. And I know that that people um, in relationships or when they're dating fear they feel like I'm gonna f- I'm gonna mess this up, and then they end up messing it up. It's self fulfilling, or they feel like they can't uh, have the great the greatness. And so they, they just kind of count themselves out of the game. And it's, um, it's really, uh, it, this all really resonated with me. And as you, uh, when you describe upper limit thinking or limiting thinking and upper limit problems, um, that's where, and I know where mine came from. And I think it's important that people can identify where theirs come from and then they can work from there. Yes, it's important because you have to sometimes go back to the very beginning because many of us, for many of us, we're born in such a way that we're not loved and wanted and appreciated throughout the process of um, gestation and birth. And so um, a lot of times then it becomes a a fixer-upper project of ourselves to fix up that original sense of having um, someone else's opinion bestowed upon us because Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about it, if you're born in such a way that you were loved or unwanted or unloved, you know, that's uh, something that you had very little control over. Mm-hmm. And so to um, another good way to think of that is it was really somebody else's problem mm-hmm. if they didn't love you or want you. You know, but all of us have the same problem down inside, which is to get a sense of loving and wanting and appreciating ourselves, mm-hmm. no matter who we are or where we've been, that sense of unconditional love. And it's something that we all hunger for, but it can be given to ourselves in a split second. Uh, Gay and Katie, I, uh, in, in reading the book, there was a, a lot of things stood out, obviously, uh, but uh, many, uh, one of them, I was curious about uh, people that seem to have everything going for them and then they do a real bonehead move and they sabotage it. And what came to mind most recently in the news is Roseanne Barr. And was this an upper limit symptom for her to have done what she did, uh, which, you know, obviously put 
uh, many people's jobs, uh, you know, they, they lost their jobs and uh, not to mention, it just sets, it's a set civil, civil civility back, it seems, uh, by doing what she did. So I was just curious as to your take on that. Yes, that's a, well, exactly. My take is that it was a massive upper limit mm-hmm. problem um, and, a, and a good, um, well, because it's the second time it happened. If you go back to when her first show was wildly popular 20 years ago, and then she did that awful screeching rendition of, you know, right. it, you know I think it made any American queasy to hear that. Yes. Um, and grabbed her crotch at the end of it and everything. And it was just such an obvious saying to the world, no matter how much you love me, I hate myself. Mm-hmm. And so, but she, you know, gets to perpetrate, perpetrate that on the multitudes and has done it again. And so, right. uh, I, but is there hard, of, I hope she, I'm sorry. Is there a point of, of a point of infallibility that they feel that they're on top of the world and I can get away with anything? I mean, I'm without mentioning Somebody else who's yes. obviously <laughs> oh yes. If, so if you remember uh, John Belushi too, you know number one album, number one TV show, mm-hmm. number one movie, and then tries to find out if he can take massive amounts of heroin with no consequences, right. and suddenly he's dead in the middle of that. And so it's it's a it's a sad thing when it happens, and you know I think all of us have had it happen to ourselves in one way or the other, yes. but. Uh, now there's a tool for getting free mm-hmm. of it. That's mm-hmm. the important thing. Well, that's very important. And we're talk about that at the start of the next segment, but we do have to go to a break right now. So everybody stay tuned and we'll be right back. Now, back to Dunn being single with dating badasses, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, we are back with Gay and Katie Hendricks. And Gay, you were mentioning that there is a tool that can help us love ourselves. And I'm thinking, hmm, is that something you can buy online? What is that? So, I and it's not your right hand. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's something that you. Can, it is sometimes. You can use any time, every time you feel unlovable about anything, and it only takes ten seconds. It's one of those ten-second miracles that we teach. And what it is is, if you find yourself feeling unlovable for any reason, take a moment to think of someone you love. A good friend, a mate, just think of someone you love other than yourself. And then the moment you can think of that person and feel the love you have for them, use that same love and love yourself. So love yourself the same way you love your best friend. And so that's as complicated as it ever gets. Mm -hmm. So feeling Wherever you feel that unlovableness in your body and your feelings and your mind, to think of someone you love and love yourself just like that. Okay. Good advice. Well, we have some emails that we would love to uh, share with everybody and get uh, Gay and Katie's comments on. So do you want to start? Yeah, I'll read this one. Okay. Okay. Uh, I recently dated a woman I met online. We dated for over a year. She was beautiful, smart, and pretty, and pretty much everything I was looking for. She was the best thing that ever happened to me, and I managed to ruin it. I blew up the relationship. I got weak and needy and was not the best version of myself. For months, yeah. I did everything to get her back, but she won't budge. She made it clear it's over, and as much as it hurts, I've accepted it and have healed and moved on. How do I stop this from happening again? Well, that's a classic example of an upper limit problem of um, having 
more energy, more positive energy, more opening, more possibility of intimacy than one's nervous system can handle. And it brought up an old fear, probably, that mm -hmm. goes way back to somewhere. So um, you have to draw a line back from where you are, back through your life, to find where you first got that idea or first got that feeling. Because, um, he, well, the first suggestion I would make to this person who's writing in is take a moment, sit down, turn off the television, take 10 minutes and wonder about what is the lesson mm. that I need to learn that's as big as the pain I felt in messing up this relationship? What's the lesson that's that big that I would go to that kind of trouble? And I guarantee you, if you sit there for 10 minutes and just be with that, breathe with that, stay with a question like that, it will open up a multitude of learning in yourself. Okay. You could also take a question like that on on a walk or uh, moving around listening to some music. So some people really, uh, or by doodling on paper, but actively wondering about what the lesson is and actually opening up to being willing to learn from every relationship interaction, that's really the magic. That's the gateway into experiencing more and more love for yourself and for others on an ongoing basis. Thank you for that. Uh, we have another email. This is from uh, a Vicki. And she says, um, I have been in a few relationships. And as soon as they start to get serious, I bolt like a rabbit. I don't intend to bolt, but it always ends up happening. I am completely frustrated with myself and don't understand why I keep doing it because I want to find a life partner and get married. I've addressed uh -huh. this habit in the past with various therapists, but I, all I seem to get back is why do you think you bolt questions? Uh, if I yeah. knew that, I wouldn't be asking the therapist. So right. uh, <laughs> uh, we also have found that uh, why is, uh, is not a very evolutionary uh, question because you can keep debating it forever. But right. if you ask how, hmm, how did I create this? Hmm, what was going on in the moment where you really actually move into wonder and the hmm sound helps to create that sense of wonder. I also hear that this person got caught in fear. So it might be valuable to really look at what fear am I dealing with here and am I willing to go ahead and turn toward that fear and make friends with that fear so I can move through that into flow. Great. It sounds like it sounds and, and from someone who does have a rejection button that's easily pushed I can say that that sounds to me like she's preemptively pushing the uh, ejection button. Um, yeah. Because she feels that it's imminent that rejection is imminent, which it is, it is not. Um, but yes, do we have another one? Uh, we actually, we up? only have a couple of minutes, so we're going we're gonna to wrap it up right now. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. Oh my God, this has been fantastic. And uh, yeah, incredible. And uh, how can everybody find Gay and Katie? How can, At uh, Hendrix.com, to... unless there's something okay. uh, somewhere else. Somewhere else, anything else? Uh, got... Yes, we also have, um, we have a Facebook page. So for folks who are on Facebook, we have um, uh, Hearts in Harmony, uh, on Facebook or relationship advice, you can uh, find us yes. there. We have daily relationship tips. We have bunches of uh, videos to assist you in 
your relationships, whether you're in a partnership or single, you can find those videos both on you on uh, Facebook, but also on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel that's got lots of fun uh, videos, some short, Excellent. some much longer, on all kinds of subjects. Okay, well, great. And then also, I'd just like to uh, plug the Big Leap, your book, The Big Leap: Conquer Your Hidden Fear and Take Life to the Next Level, because it is life changing, if not sh life shifting. You will get so much out of it; it will resonate. I promise you, it will make you think. So thank you thank so much. You, thank you too very much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Do we have something for next week's show? Do, um, what do we, we do. We are going to get down and dirty oh, oh with boy. Lou Paget, sexpert. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Yes. <laughs> now is the chance to pull out all of your sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> so that's okay. for next week. Very good. And I just... Um, I just want to say one thing about um, fear and, and how I feel. I want to give a little, little uh, advice to my fellow single people out there. Do not look for reassurances that you're loved, wanted, desirable, dateable, or secure in a relationship with it from anyone. That is your job. That is your job. And I hope today we've given you some great tools and skills and guidance and direction and thank you again gay and katie this was fantastic will you come yeah. up back on the show with us again oh we'd love it oh yes absolutely oh. and also um uh we'll um later on in the year we have a big event happening which is the release of my sequel to the big leap called oh. the joy of genius and so uh people are pre-ordering it like mad now and uh in september it'll be coming out so i'll be sure to talk to you again then great look forward to that thank you again gay and katie Hendricks. thank you so much thanks for listening this week to done being single join trevor and robbie sharp every saturday at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on the voice america empowerment channel see you next week on done being single